The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing is none other than the life of Jen or G's, Jen Elise Feldy. Good day! On this week's show, we're going to have, let's see, we're going to have uh, Dominic Definition Man uh, from Pronto Comics. We're going to have his comic pick of the week. We're going to have another Jaybird and Lee segment. And we have an interview with uh, an artist, uh, writer, and creator, comic book creator, uh, Tom Travers. He'll be on the show later on. And I think that's everything that we have for this week's show. So before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention, in theory, is going to be on May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. Also want to give a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Bonji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. If you want to get your own little shout out, go to www.patreon.com and look up In King from the Radio in the search bar. And just for a dollar, you can get a shout out on our show and be part of our little program. We would greatly appreciate it. So let's see. Uh, start with sad news, as we always do. Start with sad news. Um, actor Tommy, uh, Tommy D. Tiny Lister Jr., died recently. Um, as of this recording, no official cause of death has been announced. Uh, while appearing in over 200 films and TV shows, Tommy was perhaps best known for his role of Debo in the 1995 film Friday and its sequel, President Lindsberg in The Fifth Element, and as Zeus in the 1989 movie No Hole Barred with Hulk Hogan, which led to his WWF career as the same character. Um, of note, Tommy was diagnosed with a covid around August, recovered, and they became sick a second time around in December, which forced him to cancel shooting for a film as well as virtual appearance for a TV uh, festival. On December 10th, police were called to check in on Tommy, and they found him dead in his home in California. Um, Are you a fan of uh, Tommy? Do you ever watch Friday or uh, wrestling? Uh, Yes, I have a fond memory of one of the first times I ever got high. I was watching Friday, so I'll never forget (laughs) that. I was a youngster. I was laughing a lot. (laughs) <laughs> a great time, and he was there. R.I.P. So yeah, he was a uh, young sixty-two. Yeah, um, it's kind of tragic. I, it's weird. I've never seen any of the Friday movies, and I never saw Noel Holds Bard with Hulk Hogan. But I do know who he is, and that like, he's just been one of those guys that's just been around. You see him all the time, and it's, and it's crazy that you know. I'd see, I, I, he's only sixty-two. Like I thought he was way older. And in then, the Fifth Element, you you see him in that one? I've never saw Fifth Element. Oh, like I said, I've, see I've it, never seen see these it. films. It's crazy. It's one of the coolest films ever, and the soundtrack is beautiful. 
it's just one of those things that it's, it's like, I'm going to get around to it. I just never got around to it. It's, it's, it, um, I've mentioned this on, a, on an earlier show. I don't think you were part of the show back then, but there was a show, a movie called Earth Girls Are Easy with Jeff Goldblum mm. and uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Marlon Damon Wayans. And it took me like 20 something years to see this movie. It was always something I wanted to see. And I just never got around to it. And one day it was just playing. I was like, I'm going to watch it today. So that's, that's how it is with uh, Fifth Element. Um, yeah, this is a blizzard, blizzard assignment for you. I, I think you'll <laughs> like it. It's it's quite out there. It's very inspiring. That's that's my it's it's on the list. So eventually, I'm gonna see it. Uh, moving on for some more sad news, which is the final bit of sad news this week. Um, author David John Moore Cornwell, better known by his pen name John Le Carré, also died recently of pneumonia. Uh, David was the author of such spy novels as The Looking Glass War, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. The Little Drummer Girl, The Night Manager, Taylor of Panama, The Constant Gardener, and of Our Kind of Traitor, just name a few, of which all the all of the aforementioned books were adapted for film or television. Uh, during the 50s and 60s, David worked for both the Security Service and the Secret Intelligence Service in the UK. And when his third novel, uh, The Spy Who Came In From the Cold, became an international bestseller, he left MI6 to become a full-time author. So that's kind of cool. Uh, were you following along with the with the news this time, or did we completely lose you via virtual distancing? I got trapped under a snow pile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you, you you checked out for the for the sad news. So, um, ending with uh, David. What a coincidence. <laughs> More Corel. Uh, he was a, a young, a spry eighty nine. So, moving on for the other news we have from the that belongs in a museum department. Once again, the Library of Congress announced their 25 films that are included into the National Film Registry. The films are selected based on their cultural, historic, or aesthetic importance to the nation's film heritage. The 2020 titles include blockbusters, musicals, silent films, documentaries, and diverse stories transferred from books to screen. Uh, for this year's uh, list, they are, in chronological order, uh, Suspense, I've never heard of that movie, it's 1913, The Kid Auto Races at Venice, Never heard of that one. Uh, Bread, The Battle of the Century, With Car and Camera Around the World, Cabin in the Sky. Now, that one I heard of. It was a 1943 movie. Uh, I remember it was one of my mom's favorite movies. She used to talk about it all the time. I've, uh, I've seen parts of it, but I remember that movie. Um, Outrage, The Man with the Golden Arm. I never heard of that one. Lilies in the Field, uh, Clockwork Orange. That's a pretty big, famous movie. Have you ever heard of that one? Mm-hmm. Right? So far? I was told that I reminded someone of the main character in Clockwork Orange, and I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> um, sweet, oh, sweet, sweet backs, badass song, 1971. Um, W-A-T-T-S-T-A-X. Never heard of that What's movie. What's Oh, that how you say it? Oh, yeah. I know all about it. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, Greece, the original Greece. Now that's that's a that's kind of cool that it made it in there. Uh, the Blues Brothers. I love the Blues Brothers. It was probably one of my favorite movies at the time when I was a kid. Uh, Losing Ground, Illusions, The Joy Luck Club. I remember the controversy around that movie. Um, the Devil Never Sleeps, Buena Vista Social Club. I remember that movie. The Ground, Shrek, Shrek. The animated film Shrek is in the National Film Registry. Uh, Muna Kea, Temple Under Siege, never heard of that one. The Hurt Locker, I've heard of that one. The Dark Knight, 
uh, and Freedom Riders. Those are the 25 films. Any of those uh, ring a bell for you, Jen? Well, it looks like I have 23 films to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and also the rest of A Clockwork Orange, which I've only seen scenes of it. Because I, huh. I really want to know why I remind someone of the main character who's a raging lunatic, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's kind of cool that, that they picked movies from all different years. And some, I mean, the I, I'm really impressed with Shrek Blues Brothers and Grease. Those are ones like, wow, those are all musicals, well, music-inspired films. And that's kind of cool. Well, my question is, who are these people? The film Who's... registry? The Library why, of Congress? Why them? I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't really go by anyone's reviews on things. So to me, it doesn't mean anything, but that's just me. Well, um, at very least, you can say that they are preserving films. So like older movies, they're actually saving it. So that way, you know, when the meteor hits... And you know, people need entertainment. They'll be in the library conference. Like, oh, we can see these. We can still see these preserved films, like the cookies oh. in the cookie vault. Okay. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Um, so moving on from the crossover department, IDW has announced that the Transformers are crossing over with Back to the Future franchise in a new comic. Executives say <clears throat> Transformers and Back to the Future have quite a bit in common. They both inspired multiple generations of fans. They're both at their heart about characters and chains. They both have at least one really cool car. We're extremely excited at IDW to bring these two worlds together. Uh, the series picks up right after where the films. The series picks up right after the films where Marty McFly returns from the adventures of a lifetime to a new Better Hill Valley. That is, until Marty and his friend Doc Brown's time machine attracts the, the attention of the Decepticons. With one small mistake, Marty finds himself once again thrust into action to unravel a Decepticon plot in the past, present, and future. Now with the help of a new converting time machine, the Autobot called Gigawatt. Huh. That's, That's a good idea. I mean, listen, Transformers to me had no personality. And Back to the Future has lots. And now we're going to take a personality and we'll inject it into something that has zero personality. Sounds fantastic. It's like if you could take these beautiful men that have no personality, inject them with someone. <laughs> that's, that's what this is. I, I don't Great. know. I mean, I'm a fan of the two franchises, all the Transformers films I'm not happy with. So I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling this crossover. I'm just not. And you haven't even watched it, and you're already not feeling it. <laughs> that's that's true. I I I prejudge, which I always say not to do. That's okay. Um, issue two of the four part uh, comic book series is on sale right now. So people, if you are interested in that, go check it out. Uh, let's see. Moving on from the Your Move competition department. All right, this is a good one. Um, shortly after Warner Brothers announced that their entire 2021 film slate will be released on both HBO Max and in theaters. None other than Disney, who has been quiet for a few weeks, unloaded what can only be called an oversaturation of new and upcoming releases at their 2020 investor meeting. A Disney Plus plans to release approximately 10 Star Wars series, 10 Marvel series, as well as 15 Disney live action, Disney animation, and Pixar series, as well as 15 Disney live action uh, films. Executives say, oh boy, the tremendous success we've achieved across our unique portfolio of streaming services with more than 137 million subscribers worldwide has bolstered our confidence in our acceleration towards a DTC, direct-to-customer, first business model. With our amazing creative teams and our ever-growing collection of the high-quality branded entertainment that customers want, we believe we are incredibly well-positioned to achieve our long-term goals. 
Uh, while I'm not going to go into specific titles, needless to say that all Disney properties are going to have something coming out from a new Mighty Ducks film to an Alien series and everything in between. Um, we talked about this, about how um, working in a movie theater, I know that the movie theater companies do not like the movie theater uh the movie production companies they hate each other and they've been trying for years to do exactly this uh we talked how warner brothers changed the game by releasing all this stuff on their hbo max uh platform which their money is not going to go to the theaters mm -hmm. and now we were waiting for disney to see what they were going to do because it kind of pushed them into a corner so now disney just said you know what they're just going to dump everything and it's it's this is this is exactly what I've been talking about. This is now the future of how entertainment is going to be consumed. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much like all the girls now getting on OnlyFans and guys. Someone's <laughs> on it. And then all these people aren't getting business and a bunch of comedians go on OnlyFans and they dump all their pictures online. Everyone's just dumping their naked pictures and movies wherever they can. That's just what's happening. The online world is becoming saturated and everyone's competing online. It's it, it's it's exactly true. And what's weird <laughs> is that it took a pandemic for this to happen. Because, <laughs> like mm -hmm. I said, this this is the movie theater. I was in the movie theater business. I worked for a movie theater company for ten years, and I would say about halfway through, so five years in. So we're we're I'm gonna say early two thousands. They we I went to this uh meeting. Of, of film executives and they were talking about how they want to try to figure out how to get their movies directly to the customer to bypass the movie theaters hmm. and they're like we want to have a, a streaming service to beam into your car you know wherever you are we want you to get that that program it's that way you don't have to it basically cut off the middleman and now that's exactly what's happening and the 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 streaming service 137 million subscribers they haven't even uh, they just passed a year for Disney Plus. And I'm saying this is this is exactly what was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. And here we are. So now everybody was talking about cutting the cable for cable because it's too expensive. All these different uh, streaming services, they're going to be you're going to have to get more than one and it's going to wind up costing more than than the cable. Yeah, it might. And, they're creating... and don't forget to buy my movie because my movie comes out tomorrow. Well, really? What, what was it? The, plug, plug. the Bloody Nun, right? Uh, no, there's another movie I'm in, Remember Marie, and where? that comes out tomorrow night. Online. Where? It comes out it's on Vimeo. It's $5 a ticket, I believe. Oh, well, there you go. Yep, but so it's, it's, one more. <laughs> yeah, great, great uh, job. Not not going to theater straight to, straight to direct to customer. Pretty much. Cut the middleman. That's always <laughs> been my slogan. Cut the middleman. Is it That's... a good thing? I don't know. I mean, I've, I mean, we were saying this for a while. Movie theaters have to find new content, new ways of, of making their stuff relevant because movie theaters need to sell the experience, not mm -hmm. the, the films because they don't make money off of the films. So this is, this is their chance. This is the movie theater's chance, if they survive the pandemic, to, to yeah. really come back with something new and different and really like fight back. You know, the whole yeah. business model is being destroyed because Disney is like, screw you guys. We're just going to dump everything and kill all the competition and become that monopoly evil Disney is already. Exactly. Huh. All right. Or they get gyms. They could do gyms. 
have a bunch <laughs> of workout equipment. People can get their workout in and they can watch certain movies. Boom. Wait, so like, do you have to exercise to make the, 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 the film play? Yes. That was my <laughs> old rule. I always would want to eat or eat junk. But I said, you know what? If you want to watch a show, you're going to have to go to the gym and play it on the equipment. And that was my rule. Huh. So maybe, you know, they get everyone healthier and everyone goes and works out. And you can only watch the movie if you're working out. There we go. That's another. All right. That's 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 <laughs> like your fourth theory. So what was it? Um, yeah. <laughs> you had uh, massage massages you had money laundering <laughs> mm-hmm. so we had illicit massages i got yeah. i got tons of ideas just come to me you know sell some drugs i, I remember that one <laughs> yeah we could do healthy drugs you know healthy drugs. Yes. sugar sugar is a drug there that you go we have some bakeries start some bakeries up get the diabetes going oh and my then we God. can have the health counselors and we get pharmaceutical companies fighting neck to neck me and the pharmaceutical companies with the cure in-house can you imagine there's like some donuts in the front of the TV and you're on the exercise bike and you have to pedal to get to the donuts and that's how you get your exercise? I mean, that's pretty much what my workouts were like when I worked out at my dad's house. Oh, there you go. Everywhere and the workout equipment. Mm-hmm. So moving on from the <laughs> sell the sizzle, not the steak department, the highly anticipated game, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, which uh, was delayed a few times from its original release date has been met with a slew of complaints on mostly the older game systems such as PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, despite the game selling a record number of 8 million pre-sales and digital-only copies. Apparently, the game has such issues as crashing and certain visual errors of an extremely graphic nature. Um, Executives say, we have an we have underestimated the scale and complexity of the issues on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. We definitely did not spend enough time looking at that. I wouldn't say that we felt an external or internal pressure to launch on a specific date other than a normal pressure, which is typical for any release. In terms of the certification process and third parties, this is definitely on our side. I can only assume that they trusted that we were going to fix things upon release and that obviously did not come together exactly as we had planned. Wow. So really, this is this goes back to what we were saying before. They released a product knowingly that it wasn't ready because they made $8 million in pre-sales. Because it's not like you're making a game and you don't know that there's problems, right? They, they know. They have what, to know. What would be an incentive to release a game without editing it first? Uh, $8 million? <laughs> Uh, well, couldn't they have waited a week or two and just worked out the kinks? Well, it was delayed uh, a few times. It was supposed to be re- uh, released early this year, maybe even last year, if I'm not mistaken. And then they, oh. they were like, oh, we're behind schedule. And then like, oh, the, the pandemic hit. And then like, oh, we're going to release it. We're going to release it. Trust us. But we're still working on certain things. And then it's apparently it's supposed to be like this really awesome game. I've seen some uh, video footage of it. I'm like, all right, no, whatever. And <laughs> I'm not much of a gamer, as you can tell. Hmm. But... Apparently the fans really wanted this to be released and they're like, okay. And then they just they just release it. And like I've seen these visual uh errors. Like, whew. There's these are things that you would know like on day one. <laughs> it's not wow. like you like the day before you release, like, oh, there's still these problems. Ah, it'll be fine. It's it's mind-boggling to me that maybe they had a mole in the company. <laughs> They had a hater that became part of the workers and ruined it from the inside. That's my theory. There we go. 
but is it is it really ruined as so they already made their money like they made their money you 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 this is what we were talking about about um pre-sales and buying things ahead of time before knowing what you're getting they already mm-hmm. got your money they already made the eight million dollars oh eight, yeah but karma eight. they're gonna suffer the wrath of karma really maybe i, think I don't know they, they can they, you know they can retire on this they don't they don't i believe in karma i think and, people get what's coming to them and of course the 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 newer uh systems such as the playstation 5 and whatever xbox is the new one um it's it's okay on that and if you have a, a high-end pc mm. the graphics are fine so like they purposely released it on something that they knew was an inferior system they purposely released it with all these errors and they're like yeah our bad like that's it. We okay, but if you have the new system, it works. So there's the hook. Get a new system, you'll be fine. Maybe that's what it's going for. The, for the most part, but like the 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 worst errors are on the lower systems. But there still are some graphic errors, such as you know people floating in the wrong places. Like if you have a guy's weapon, it's in the other, it's floating over there instead of where the guy is. Or the the graphic nudity. That's 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 a big one. <laughs> well, it's it's 2020, so you really expecting things to go right this year. <laughs> Uh, trying to stay on brand. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But that's just—I I just find that that's that's a blatant um, disregard for your customer base. Like they obviously don't care, and they made I, all that money. Or incompetence. I don't know. I've witnessed so much incompetence this year that I just can't help but think that most people are incompetent. Well, that's, that's possible too. So that's—is uh, that better? <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. I don't know what's worse because that's actually a thought I've had in my head about multiple people. Are you incompetent or are you intentionally doing something wrong? Because either way, it's bad. I, I don't exactly. Know what's worse. Yeah. So yeah. So all right. Um, moving on. Oh well. So sad. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, releasing things with errors, uh, from the you had one job department. Recently, DC Comics issued a 25th anniversary edition of their event Underworld Unleashed. The reprint, however, seems to be missing a single color throughout the entire series. Apparently, the original series had a gimmicked neon green ink, which can't be replicated digitally. So DC, instead of spending the additional money to correct or change the color to a normal green, they just left the color out entirely, turning (laughs) any instance of the color uncolored or white in both digital and printed copies. So it's like, uh, so back in the day, in the 90s, they had like all these special holographic uh, covers and foil and all this special shiny things that you hold in your hand, and, you know, try to attract attention. And then mm. during the entire book, it also had like this special green, you know, shiny thing. So now they just reprint it with nothing. So now it, A, detracts from the story. B, <laughs> it looks unfinished. <laughs> wow. And once again, well... like, did they not care? Did they know it was going to, did they, like, was there a person who decided, all right, we're just not going to print it? Or was it just, ah, whatever. Like, it's so. Maybe, maybe the green ink was out of business in 2020 and they couldn't get any more green ink. <laughs> but they have, I don't know. they have regular, it's a Green Lantern story. They have other characters with green in them in there, but the neon green is, is in a blank area. So even. Okay, here. In the dialogue, there's certain things like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this the, the area is, is green and it's, and, it's, and it's fighting us, and then it's white in the reprint. Well, here we go. We get a bunch of green color manufacturers to sell green pens and green pencils, and everyone who gets this gets a green pen or pencil and inks it in themselves, and now it turns into a coloring book. 
There we get See? something to do. All these people who are bored. I don't know how you can be bored in life, but if you're ever <laughs> bored, just get this book and color it in green. There's your there's your job. That's that's marketing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's a way to save it. See that that's that's actually a very smart idea. Right? <laughs> like it's a coloring book. We were actually trying to turn it into more of an activity thing. It actually has more value now. <sighs> Hello. I'm actually, that's pretty darn good. I, I, I will give you some kudos on that. You see, you're, you're an idea person. I am. Thank you. <laughs> that's really like, like, seriously, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I do. It doesn't really make me all that much money, but it does bring me into a lot of projects because people see me as valuable to exploit me. So I got that going for me. <laughs> you're exploitable. <laughs> I'm very exploitable. Yes. <laughs> Yes, this uh-huh. is true. But I can't do home construction. I can't do many other things. So, oh well. So that's that's it for the news. So we have a a like three minutes left. So you want to you want to plug and promote mm. your your film? Now's your time. Let's let's hear. What, um, what's the film yeah. about? Let's let's. Well, you, got, you got three minutes. Go. All right. Well, a lot of people know me for all these scary and villainous roles, but I, I'm really not that type of person. I really am not. I don't even watch horror movies. But I have a movie coming out tomorrow. I get to watch it tonight. I haven't watched it. So maybe I don't even want you to watch it. It's called Remember Marie. And I play a very frazzled, tired wife with two kids, which is not my real life. And I actually, I'm kind of a method actress. So I actually kind of was tired on the days of filming. And I got to wear pajamas in my own house while filming. And that comes out tomorrow. And it's the realities of a hardworking woman living in New York City. And then there's another movie called uh, This Night's End coming out. I play another frazzled mom character but this one's more of a swinger and a drug addict and a narcissist so she's much different than the caring latina mom so two mom movies coming out this month this night's end is related to trauma and tomorrow well well it's going to be later but trauma cartoon show is coming out tomorrow night but this this show will be aired later so disregard that and where and where can people get it? Just Ryan, to give them the website. Uh, where can people? Marie is going to be Vimeo. You just go on my Facebook. I'll post all the links. So just go on my Facebook and one spot right there. Jenilee Feld will be on Facebook. And also, is it on your uh, the Life for Jen website or no? Ah, uh, no. The website has not been updated in a while. All right, so just go to Facebook, go to Jenilee yeah. Feldy, and find out where you can get the movie directly to you in your home. And it it's not a pre-sale. It's not, not a pre-sale. A pre-sale. <laughs> you get the movie right away. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so yes, make sure you guys go check that out. Do you have any other final thoughts before we end the segment? Thank you. Just keep your thoughts positive. There's a lot of negativity to dwell on, but there's also positivity. So look for that and try to discard the rest. So uh, my final thought, we have uh, Christmas is going to be this week as this show will air. Uh, Merry Christmas. And uh, we're going to have a new show every week. So holidays, whatever. Keep on coming back and listening to us each and every week. So that's it for the news. We're going to take our break. We're going to be right back. We came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at Hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. This December, get ready for the next Marvel Comics event, King in Black. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. 
So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or independent comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Thank you, and stay safe. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio! Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ooh, another Jack Nicholson film. Yeah, uh, an amazing one, too. <laughs> oh, an amazing one. Oh, yeah. okay. So tell me about it. What did you uh, like about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? What is there not to like? <laughs> oh, come on. That's like a cop No, out. that was... No, there was actually a lot that was amazing, especially the last, like, I think 20 minutes. That's when it just really amped up and, like... I mean, I get really attached to movies when I'm watching a show or something. I get really, like, into it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'd say that one's a really good one. Right, so you got into the movie in the beginning, right? It was more yeah. of, like, the structure of... So, like, your age, or not just your generation's always, like, get to the point, get to the point, hurry up, hurry up. And this is a developing story of, like, one, like, you, did you really know that mental health facilities existed? or like? Cooking? Yeah, I knew that. Okay, and did you know what they did in there? Uh, not in the 70s. Mm. I know what they do now, but not in the 70s. <laughs> okay, do you know what they do now? I don't know. I yeah, I do. Okay, all right. So, yeah, but in the 70s. And what was uh, Jack Nicholson's character was um, Randall McMurphy, I think? Yeah, uh, he basically was a person who was in jail and was trying to get out of jail and go pretend he was insane. Right, he pretended he was crazy. He went to the... Uh, they call it sometimes the nut house, I guess, is what they would say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, and he tried to pretend to uh, get out of work detail. Yeah. However, he didn't uh, know that if once he got out of work, I mean, not work, once he got out of the work detail, that he wouldn't be able to choose when he could leave from the mental hospital, like... Right, he realized that a lot of the people that were in the mental hospital that uh, were voluntary, yeah. Right. They they went in because they felt sick and they wanted to do it, and then they could leave whenever they felt better. However, the nurse didn't really want them to leave, right? Yeah. She was sort of finding a way to keep them all there. Yeah. So she was always giving them medicines, right? They all get medicine. Yeah. To kind of you know. Uh, well, anyway, what was um? Did you like the chief, the Indian chief that was in the movie? He was pretty good. I was surprised. Uh, Spoiler ahead <laughs> when <laughs> he started to talk. I, I know it's not really a spoiler because well, it's been out forever. But well, yeah, it's been out since yeah. the late seventies. <laughs> also, another late seventies movie, right? So yeah, but that was an amazing movie, and I was really surprised when the chief started talking. I was like, "Oh, he talks." <laughs> <laughs> and then you like that one guy, Billy, right? Oh yeah, Billy was a great character. Uh, he didn't have. The best ending. <laughs> he didn't have the best ending. And then you got to see a lot of old actors, right? That were um, in movies that you'd seen before, like Danny DeVito, right? Oh, yeah. I actually didn't recognize him at first. Uh, Dad had to tell me, he's like, do you recognize him? And I'm like, no. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Because he looked so young in that movie. I've always seen him as older or... Right, with less hair. 
Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then he funny. actually had like a full head of hair and I was like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> right, exactly. And then you had Doc Brown from the Back to the Future. Do you remember Yeah, him? I didn't even like recognize him at first, but then I'm like, oh, like as you tell me, that's when I recognize them. <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of cool to show you like who uh, these guys were younger, you know? Yeah. It, it's sort of weird seeing them younger. Like, I mean, for some people I'd know who they would be as younger, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, they're more recognizable, but honestly, I'm surprised I didn't get Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he is kind of distinct, right, when you see him for the most yeah, part. Yeah, but, I mean, maybe because he was uh, acting mentally insane in that movie. Maybe, but, like, how do you know Danny DeVito again anyway? Memes. <laughs> Memes, right? It's sort of a weird thing. Yeah, right? I don't even know him from his actual movies. Then you showed me that movie with the two brothers. What's Twins, the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, then you showed me that uh, movie. And then I'm like, oh, that's Danny DeVito. I don't remember where I know him from. It's, it's but. so funny how the memes are the ones that brought him to your attention for the most part. Yeah. You know? um, but I anyway, mean, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I think uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, also another book. Would you watch it? Read it? I <laughs> yes, mean. I'd watch it. <laughs> would you read it? Um... I don't want to spoil the movie. <laughs> oh, man. All right, all right. Well, anyway, on that note, um, I think it's time for us to go. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. See ya. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to the King from Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. I am here live via social distancing with none other than Long Island super cool artist, Tom Travers. Say hi, Tom. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, Mark. How you doing? Uh, doing well. Um, we've met a couple of times. I've known you, man, I can say a good five years, maybe? Five, four, yeah. five years? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, always uh, running to you at the shows. Um, miss the shows right now. Missing those shows. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of weird how I was just thinking, like, I haven't been to anything since um, March. That was like, I went to C2E2 and that was it. And I, it was the only convention I went to this yeah. year. It's it's crazy. So, I know, it's absolutely. Let's do a yeah, quick uh, <laughs> a quick introduction of um, who you are, what you do, and then we'll sure. take it from there. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm just, I'm a Long Island-based uh, uh, comic book artist, writer, creator, Um just been uh, self-publishing my own work uh, for a number of years, been doing conventions for a number of years. Um, and I just love to uh, create or try to create the coolest content that I can. I'm trying to make good stuff uh, that hopefully people enjoy. <laughs> I, do, so, uh, I do fan art and, uh, you know, plus my own comics. And so I do a variety of things. So how did you get started in the, in the business? Did you just one day decide, you know what, I'm going to be an artist or did you have a plan <laughs> When you were um, well, young, Tom. <laughs> yeah, when I was, I mean, I've loved this kind of stuff since I was a kid. You know, I was hugely into 
action figures and comics and all that kind of stuff when I was a kid. Um, and then, you know, growing up, I discovered comic book art uh, in like middle school and middle, early, uh, middle school and early high school. I discovered really discovered comic book art and the artists behind it and uh, the whole concept of being an art, a comic book artist, being a comic book creator. Um, so I really, once I discovered that idea, I really, you know, fell in love with that and I wanted to make that um, a significant part of my life. Um, so I pursued art and, you know, I've tried to improve on my craft and, um, you know, create my own work uh, to the best of my ability. I wanted to be a com you know, professional full-time comic book artist when I was a kid, but that that's changed over the years, um, you know, with time, uh, kind of my own personal taste change. And of course, reality sets into, you know, uh, you know having to make a living and different things and the, the, the realities of the challenges of becoming a, a full-time comic book artist um have changed my trajectory a bit um but uh you know and i i came to decide that i really just liked being an independent artist doing my own thing on my own terms um and that's the road that i've gone down is just really trying to create my own uh comics and artwork and, and really just do it you know i i have i have a day job i work uh, another job aside from my art um and i do that in order to be able to do my art on my terms. Um, so that's why that's really where I've ended up. And I just, uh, you know, I do commissions and things like that. And I've, I have done some work for various types of companies and things like that, but I'm not a full-time freelancer. Um, I make my money elsewhere. And I, I, so that way I'm able to really fund my own independent comic book projects and, and my convention appearances and all that kind of stuff that I love to do. What makes it interesting is that not only you mentioned that you're an artist a lot, you say that word artist a lot, but yet you are a comic <laughs> creator because you write also. So you, you're the whole uh, package, yes. write, draw, uh, color, yeah. you do everything. So uh, you're yes. a comic book creator. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I do my best. I don't consider myself uh, anything special or uh, uh, even, I, you know, I have, I have a lot of reverence and respect for the great comic book creators um you know the real the real true professionals and legends so i don't uh you know put myself anywhere near anything like that as far as uh, the league that i'm in but i just i try to do my best and i try to do you know stuff that's true to myself um and yeah i, I write you know i like to come up with my own stuff um you know create my own characters my own stories <laughs> that is definitely what I prefer. That's when I get my best work done, you know, when it's from the heart and it's, uh, you know, stuff that I'm inspired to do. That's another reason why I kind of veered away from being a, a, a you know, freelance artist as a job. I, I became less and less interested in trying to pursue that. Um, when I realized that, you know, when you go down that road, a lot of the time you have to draw other people's ideas and, you know, you have to work for various companies or whatever, which is cool and exciting. And that's great if that's what you like to do. Uh, but for me, it just wasn't, the right path i really wanted to do my own stuff and uh so that's where i've ended up and uh yeah i, I like i try to do it all i try to do the writing the drawing the coloring all that kind of stuff and, and make my own content i do team up with colorists though uh that that really helps <laughs> sometimes for certain projects if it's appropriate for the story and also i hire letterers and other people all this kind of stuff to help me and really bring the work to the highest level um that i can get it to so uh, yeah, the ever humble Tom Travers. <laughs> <laughs> what is the project that you have out now? I heard you have a book out. So what is it yes. about? Yes, um, I've got uh, my first major um, self-published full-color 
comic book. It's called Horned Helm Studios Presents Number One. Um, Horned Helm Studios Presents is going to be, it's an anthology style book similar to something like Marvel Comics Presents or Dark Horse Comics Presents, uh, but it's under, of course, my own banner, uh, Horned Helm Studios. Um, so this book, um, this series is you know going to be centered on a variety of different stories of my own creation, my own characters, um, you know, and each issue uh, will have, you know, several stories within it. They're not necessarily all connected, though, though there may be some connections between them um, down the, down the road. Um, but as of right now, they're just kind of, uh, it's just kind of me playing in my own personal sandbox of my own creation, just, you know, whatever I come up with, you know, it's a fun story idea that I want to do. I, I, <laughs> I will put it in. Horntown Studios presents. So the first issue um, has, I think, six or so uh, stories. Um, several of them feature uh, my flagship character, Battle Skull. That's my, it's my main character right now. My uh, creative muse uh, character that I love creating stories for. Um, so he uh, is the star of several of the short stories in um, Horntown Studios presents Number One. So this this is actually his first full color uh comic book appearance this is his first legit appearance as far as i'm concerned um so the book is significant for that reason and there's some other properties in there as well um you know it's kind of uh genre spanning uh kind of anthology there you know there's sci-fi stories um fantasy stories humor um there's a little bit of everything in there um yeah are we talking family friendly all the way, or is it a little more uh, PG thirteen R rated? What kind of yes, uh, stories we got? I, I think this is uh, pretty much fr family friendly, um, maybe PG uh, at times. You know, there's a little bit of action and uh, violence, things like that, uh, but nothing, no, nothing gory or anything. No kind of um, nothing over the line as far as uh, I would, uh, <laughs> as far as my own determination on that. Um, you know, it's really an all ages kind of book. Uh, generally that, that's the kind of work that I like to create, um, you know, pretty much PG um, across the board, pretty, you know, appropriate for generally uh, most ages. There's nothing, uh, you know, I mean, depending on how young the reader is, you might, a parent may want to read through it first uh, right. and check it out first, but uh, otherwise, yeah, it's pretty, um, pretty much all audiences. So you said you have six stories in there. That's a lot for a 22-page comic. I'm guessing it's not a 22-page comic, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's a 44-page uh, book. Um, so, yeah, it's got – it's 44 pages, full color. Um, it's got several pinups in it uh, by some of my favorite artists. I hired uh, some guys to um, contribute to the book. Um, and, uh, you know, th that helped flesh it out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's 44 pages full color. So pretty cool. And each story, because it's an anthology, beginning, middle, end for each one of those stories? Yeah. Hey, those I'm things sorry, are important. Repeat the question, please. <laughs> I said um, for, <laughs> for anthologies, it's important that if it's beginning, middle, end for each one of those stories. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the stories, um, most of them are actually self-contained uh, for this issue. I think all of them are. Yeah, all of them are self-contained. There's no like to be continued necessarily uh, for these stories. A lot of them are very short. Some of them, one of them is two pages. Um, so everything is uh, kind of succinct, and um, you know, uh, some of them are longer than others. Um, and 
some of these characters and stories will continue in future issues, but you don't necessarily have to have every issue of this book to understand what's going on at any given time with these stories. Um, you know, they're, they're usually kind of self-contained and, uh, that's actually, uh, for me, um, it's a preference of mine. I, I love short stories. I love quick, uh, short stories. I love comic books that are like a single issue that, you know, is satisfying with its own beginning, middle and end all in one single issue. I love that kind of stuff. So kind of, uh, I tend towards that, uh, when it comes to writing and, and coming up with my own story ideas, but yeah, they're all pretty, um, contained. Awesome. So we are at the uh, self-promotion time. So where can people find the book, buy the book, all those <laughs> social media links? Say it right All right, right cool. All right, cool. Um, you can find me on Instagram um, at Tom Travers Art. Um, you can contact me through Facebook at uh, facebook.com uh, backslash battle skull. Um, I also have a blog, which uh, unfortunately I don't update as much as I should, but uh, I have my old school blog, which is uh, traversart.blogspot.com. You can email me directly at travers.tj at gmail.com for now. I do want to make a Horned Helm Studios email soon, but for now you can send uh, direct messages to me if you're interested in ordering a book. Um, And the book does come hand signed and it comes with a trading card and stickers. Um, so it's, it's a cool little package and it's a, you know, it's an oversized book. Uh, it's, it's like magazine sized. It's close to, I think it's roughly eight and a half by 11, um, 44 pages, full color. Um, so it's, it's not your typical, um, weekly, uh, floppy comic. Um, it's got a little more meat on its bones. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. So we are almost out of time. So I got one, right. one final question for you. Out sure. There. Um, because of the pandemic and what's going on, can you, um, explore or explain how difficult or easier it is doing your own comic during this time? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. I guess, um, yeah, there, I guess there's multiple dimensions to, uh, how I would answer that. But, um, I think in some ways it is easier to focus, um, on your personal projects because of, you know, um, there not being a lot of uh, conventions where, you know, you're getting commissions and other projects uh, that tend to come from, uh, you know, working the convention scene, um, you know, sometimes as fun as the conventions are and as positive and, and also uh, lucrative as they can be, um, you know, they, they tend to bring more uh, distraction, right, maybe uh, to your plate. Um, so uh, not having that going on, you know, does kind of, lend itself to uh, having much more time to just focus on finishing projects, putting projects together, getting stuff done. Uh, so that's the positive look at, you know, we're, we're, we're all kind of living like hermits in, in some way, to some extent now, unfortunately, because of the situation. So um, sometimes that does lend itself in a positive way to getting work done. And the, the, the negative side of course uh, would be, um, you know, that I can't promote the book the way that I would like to. Um, it's great to be able to do radio and what an internet promotion, but I really wish I could get out there to the conventions and have a stack of books to, to show people in person. Um, that is really a, an effective way to get people to check the book out. And there's that personal connection and experience that unfortunately is right, uh, is missing right now. Um, you know, so I do miss that. So that, that makes it difficult. That's, that's a more difficult aspect is not being able to, meet people face to face and, you know, 
give them my spiel and <laughs> tell them to check out the book. Uh-huh. Uh, but you got to find other ways to do it. So fair, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. So we are out of time. So let's do a final right. thought. Do you have a final thought for us? Uh, final thought. Um, I hope everybody is uh, staying safe out there and uh, making the best of this uh, crazy time that we're going through. And uh, hopefully uh, you're finding some escape um, and some pleasure and some joy in uh, the things that you enjoy, which I hope are awesome comic books and, and shows and, and movies and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully that stuff is helping you carry through these interesting times. So stay safe and uh, yeah, keep, keep on keeping on. So my final thought is this, uh, Tom, thank you for being on the show. Um, I've, like I said, I've known you for a couple of years. You're a really cool guy and your art is phenomenal. So I'm looking forward oh, to actually so seeing how well your writing is in comparison to your art. If it's, if it's <laughs> half as good, this is going to be a great anthology. I can say that. Yeah. I, I, I do not claim to be a writer. But I, try my, <laughs> I try my best. I do my best. It's, you know, I write, I write for myself so I can draw cool stuff. That's really what it boils down to. But, uh, so yeah, hopefully so, it's it's passable and fun. I just want people to have fun when they read it. So yeah, fun. so much continued <laughs> success, and uh, that is it for our segment. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with the came from the radio. Awesome! Thanks so much for having me. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Hi everyone, this is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. Now, back to our show. Hi everyone, this is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. So usually the intro music every week is indicative of what uh, comic I'm going to be reviewing for you and giving you a pick on. Uh, However, this week, there is no music that I could find that would fit for this comic. And since I'm just binge-watching Spider-Man the Animated Series on Disney+, Plus, I figured why not use it. So anyway, this week's comic is sort of a repeat, but not really, because I'm going to be more specific. Um, The very first pick of the week I ever did. I picked a bunch of different web comics, and this week I'm going to be specific, I think, on the last web comic that I chose, which is Lunar Baboon. And the reason why I'm picking it this week is just uh, because it's delightful. Okay? I follow the comic online, on uh, Instagram, and on Facebook. You can follow it a million different places on Tumblr. Um, but specifically, what I want to give you as a pick of the week is Lunar Baboon Volumes 1 and 2. The reason why I'm giving you a pick is uh, this pick is because you can easily buy it, and you can get it on your tablet, or you can read it um, at home, and it's pretty family safe, so it can make a really lovely uh, general Christmas gift, um, especially if you just get it via, uh, you know, online and, and read it on your Kindle. So maybe you want to get comiXology for somebody. But anyway, it's just lovely. And let me read to you specifically what the um, volume one and two says here. 
This book collects the first two volumes of Lunar Baboon's popular webcomic. It's Lunar Baboon, beginning the comic as a form of therapy. Now, Lunar Baboon's comic about a 30-something dad helps over a million fans online cope with a profound normality of adulthood. These assembled volumes feature a dad and his wife following their overactive son all over the place from the safety of their home to the surrounding areas of Toronto. He's a regular dad, aside from his overly hairy arms on account of his half-man, half-monkey, half-moon-monkey heritage. Read about his struggles in his kids interrupting precious time with his wife or family time or his failed attempts to wish upon an aggressive and insulting star. Lunar Baboon's wonderful black and white aesthetic allows every spontaneous splash of color to stand out, reflecting our own mundane reality in a unique way that appeals across generations and nationalities. With over 200 pages of comics, behind-the-scenes content, an exclusive look at Volume 3, and a brand new cover, this is one overstuffed book. Since 2012, Lunar Baboon has been entertaining his fans with his unique, sincere look at adult family life. And I can tell you that Lunar Baboon is one of my inspirations for one of the daily comics that I create uh, called Sporano Stray Thoughts, in which I'm discussing my own trip into adulthood and how weird it is. Um, the comic is unbelievably endearing. Um, it's just it's delightful. It's full of heart. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, and I strongly recommend it. I recommend definitely getting this. You, I would say go to his website, LunarBaboon.com, uh, but it's all sold out there. So I really recommend that you go on Amazon and find it. Um, I mean, Amazon pretty much always has it, right? So if you want to get it, definitely go to Amazon to buy it. You can also go uh, to GoldenBellDirect.com. They have it as well. And if you can't afford it, can't find it, can't buy it, whatever, um, oh, you can even get it on Barnes & Noble and even Google Play Books. So plenty of places that you can buy uh, Volume 1 and 2. You can also follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, go to Webtoons, um, and there's just a million ways to get to this comic. And I think it's going to be worth it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic, it's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there, I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. What's up, guys? This is Kari Payton, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio, so keep listening. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com, goodtalkradio.com, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio. 
Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. (laughs) 